0: Hello everybody, welcome to another edition of the Value Guys Stock Talk Show with the Value Guys. I'm Val Hughes. And I'm Momentum. And we are 33-year Wall Street veterans who have had to take on secret identities and go underground in order to provide you with our candid views on a handful of stocks we screen for here in the shop each week. You've seen our faces on TV, you've seen us quoted in the news, but our bosses would never allow our unfiltered views on the air, so we've disguised our voices and they'll never know. This week, it's October 2nd, 2013. After a long hiatus, uh, the value guys are back. Mo is back from mountain climbing. Hopefully he has a story or two about that. Uh, But before we get into that, a couple of important caveats. First, this show is for entertainment purposes only. It's not a guarantee. Secondly, while we are professional analysts and money managers during the week, and we do a lot of careful fundamental analysis and look at, uh, oh, things like profit margins and return on capital and such. Talk to management. Talk to competitors. We've been very careful to do absolutely none of that here. Uh, Third. And even less tonight. Yeah. We we didn't have enough time. But uh, third, and our lawyers say to remind you that we may not have your best interests in mind and we may accidentally recommend that you do the opposite of what's actually best for you. So do your own work. And fourth, uh, and I'm only speaking for myself because Moe's on some type of health thing going here, but I've been heavily drinking. Really uh, just going in that direction yeah. rapidly. And so um, see all our caveats, disclosures, links to all our past shows, and links to uh, tickers that we've talked about in the past at www.thevalueguys.com. We also have a Twitter feed at Value Guys, and we also have a Facebook page that you can uh, leave messages at, or who knows why, people to go there. Um, <clears throat> and come in, coming to YouTube soon. Yeah, well, we've that's got the, some YouTube the Value Guys there. documentary okay. that's showing it. Well, I know they interviewed some of your family. Right They're starting there. it, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, well, that's all at the website, www.thevalueguys.com. Um, it's good to be back, Mo. And it is. I know you've been mountain climbing is what I, I'm telling people. I have. It's, I mean, it's, that's code, of course. It's
1: good. It's good to be back. So, uh, and uh, you know, today's a another great day, another great day of no government. I know, I'm Isn't that loving great? it. Yes. So, um, so we were talking about this earlier. My accountant thinks it's a reasonable idea. I think that you know, these guys are shutting down, <clears throat> shutting down the government based on principle. Well, I think this yeah. is what I'm doing based on principle. Yeah. What's that? I pay about six hundred and forty dollars a day in taxes, marginal wow. tax rate. That's like the Marriott. Every day the government. Yeah. Is not operating. I yeah. take one three hundred and sixty fifth of what I pay annually yeah. and I deduct
0: it. Deduct it from Absolutely. what I'm going to pay them. Well they're not providing the services.
1: So you you make a you make a reservation at a restaurant, you show up, they're closed. Just because you made a reservation doesn't mean you have to pay for dinner.
0: That's right. That's a so, good
1: point. So well I'm I feeling kind of uh, flushed today. Why I'm gonna have extra money. <laughs> To be investing do? in some of these names. What
0: are you going to do? Uh, so you're going to use it, plow it back into, uh, into the stock market. Um, I think that's... Uh, well, all our listeners should probably start saving up with their savings here on their taxes. That's a great a great idea. And you know what? The if the them. government isn't
1: spending money, guess what it doesn't need to do? Borrow money. Raise the debt ceiling.
0: This is like your kids. So if they stop spending money, they don't need any more allowance. Exactly.
1: Right? So <laughs> if we have no government permanently... Then uh, think about all the savings. Savings to you, savings to me. Yeah. This could be a really good thing. We we could be witnessing a historic event the secession of government as we know it in the United States. We kind of go to autonomous tribal regions. I mean, the rest of the world is going in that direction. Neighborhoods
0: should run their own area, you know, and I know that, uh, you know, tanks aren't that much. We could get some of those. Yeah. what else do you need? You need a courthouse. You get that. I mean, that's not, what do they do, really? Could you be know? a
1: turning point in, in history.
0: Rhodes is local, so we don't need that. Yeah. I uh, really, I don't think we need them. I don't know. Anyway. Well, Mo, uh, we have a sec a segment, you know, called the uh, Value Guys Wall Street News. Maybe that was it.
1: Well, there, there was one uh, thing I was. Was there I any other news? Oh, uh, I mean, you've been away a long time. Uh, but, but this even penetrated the forests and the mountains up to where I was. September 17th. Yeah, this year? Two years ago.
0: Two years ago, September 17th. Okay. Occupy Wall Street. With you? Oh, yeah. Just had a two-year anniversary. You had some of those franchises. I had some of the franchises.
1: Well, here's the latest, and you can't make this stuff up. (laughs) The Occupy Money Cooperative, Mm -hmm. okay, says... That they want the Occupy Wall Street to become a recognized financial services brand. Oh, really? So they are they have created an Occupy debit card. <laughs> How about a mutual fund. And they're and, <laughs> and, and and you know what they're saying is that um, uh, the the group's website invites visitors to join the revolution, <laughs> suggesting that using the card might represent a protest with every purchase. Do they have a
0: photo? That would make
1: my wife one of the biggest protesters in the country because she takes that credit card out and
0: it's smoking by the end of the day. Well, nothing says I'm protesting. And every purchase would be a protest. That's amazing. I mean, nothing says I'm protesting like using your protest card over at the Four Seasons for lunch. Absolutely. So here are the specifics. There's
1: no upfront cost for the card, but there will be fees including a $1.95 fee for ATM withdrawals, Ninety-nine uh-huh. cents for for balance inquiries, and that money is going go to go to—we're not really sure where the money goes. Is it for—is there a latrine? I don't know. <laughs> I
0: mean, that's that's uh, that's big. That's And big. Uh, before
1: we close, you what know, about before, the, yeah, go ahead. Just uh, want okay. to do a shout out to who? Hello, NSA. We know <laughs> you're listening. They
0: are listening. There Come you are. those guys. So, but, just
1: wanted to welcome you to the show.
0: I also I had a good to know that to you them, were though. you were
1: snooping around in the computers and going through the old shows. That's good to know.
0: Well, we got some phone calls from them about some of our bad picks. Evidently, that's not legal. Yeah. So, unfortunately, uh, no. We had a we. You know, I, I want to just say a lot of listeners. We love doing the show, and we're on our seventh year of doing the show. There's about I don't know hundreds and hundreds of shows at iTunes, and you can Google it and all that. So. I think there's a lot of material, but we did take a few months off. And over that time, I just have to say, we got a lot of really nice emails from people uh, saying, hey, thanks for staying off the air. And they were really heartfelt, and we understand that. And it's
1: and it's necessary space that others well, can use right. more effectively. You can
0: hear something better now. But I just want to say, we got one nice email yesterday from Sanjay, uh, and I'm going to mispronounce his last name, uh, Fargos, And... Uh, he was very uh, excited about our new show, which now that you're hearing it, you, who knows why he felt that way. But uh, anyway, Sanjay, we're doing the show, and I'm here we're back. So, okay, uh, Let's get this working. week we have three terrific value ideas, and then uh, for the first time in Value Guys history, we have a Value Guys quiz. Stump the audience. Quiz, stump the audience, and that's going to come at the end. So you're going to have to listen to these first three, or fast forward either way, to get to that. But three great ideas this week: uh, Cincinnati Bell. So that's you need a time machine uh, to you know remember that name. I think it's the only remaining stock with the word Bell in it. And at one time there were you know hundreds of Bell companies. Uh, uh, Ten, I think, actually. Uh, so CBB, <coughs> uh, Medfast ticker M E D. And then finally, Outerwall, formerly known as Coinstar, right, Ticker O U T R. And these stocks came off of a top-secret proprietary LBO screen that some uh, investment banker friends of mine handed me at risk of death for revealing the names. But you know what? We're doing it anyway for the good of the of the show. And the interesting and thing. The interesting
1: on. thing about this screen is that it produced no fewer. Then 11 names out of how many names were on the total list?
0: Uh, we we uh, crunched that down to 117. Here's, right. the, here's the formula so that about we can't reveal right We here. found
1: 10% of these <coughs> names were down more than 50%. Now, I don't think 10% of the market's down more than 50%. So it it, it dredged up, along with some interesting ideas, some real
0: uh, bottom bottom stuff. Well, generally, and this is a pretty broad statement, things that are down. Offer opportunity because there's undoubtedly some misperception, misunderstanding. Something's too hard to figure out. Or as we've pointed out on the show many times, no one's paying any attention because there's one analyst and he's actually a, a, a psychology major and has no idea what he's doing. So On the other hand, yeah, sometimes things do go to zero. They, they often do. Yeah. So you got to be
1: careful. Uh, but first up this week... Well, let me just say one thing. Yeah. First up this week, this was one of the names that jumped off that screen. Because when I first looked, I was, remember, we didn't have much information. We were looking at four columns, five columns.
0: Well, the bankers, you know, they don't want to reveal too much.
1: So uh, the first thing I did was I noticed that there were a couple names that were just off big, you know, uh, 40%, 50%, 60%. And one of the names that came up was Cincinnati Bell. It's down 52%. Yeah. In total return in the last year, 52%. And that's based on the screen. And uh, you just sort of look and say, well, what what am I missing here? How does a telephone company go down
0: by that much? Well, EBIT's collapsing when you start looking at the data. So um, <clears throat> I think that, uh, you know, this this is uh, seven times EBITDA. So on a valuation basis, that's a what I like to think of as uh, a 14% cash-on-cash cash return. And for people that ask about that, <clears throat> there's no magic to it. Uh, it's simply EBITDA, enterprise. It's uh, earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, and amortization. That's meant to represent some sort of cash flow. Now, you do have to put money back into the business, but let's assume all that money is cash flow, uh, it's present value positive, so I don't want to deduct it. But I can look at EBITDA over enterprise value as some type of yield. To the buyer, enterprise value being the net cash of what we'd have to pay to own the rights to all the cash flow, so <clears throat> one over seven in this case, fourteen percent, and so it's worth looking at and uh you know it's got a very healthy EBITDA margin very consistently in the mid thirties It's dipped down a, a little on the estimate for this year. There's only eight analysts covering it I mean that's more than one, but we've looked at stuff with fifty analysts, so this is relatively undercovered. And uh, I think most of these telephone assets, I mean, Mo, you were a long-time telco guy years back, and so you know way more than I do about this. But I think most of these telco assets, unless they were big switches that you didn't need, I mean, they, they end up being valuable in terms of, you know, they've learned how to put video on copper, and they all ended up with wireless franchises and things like that. So it's interesting. But I think what's going on with the sales, and this is knowing nothing But I know from some other things I've looked at that a lot of households, for a long time, they had two lines over the Internet age. One was to connect to the Internet on AOL or whatever, and one was for your phone. And all that is kind of going away. And if you don't have an Internet franchise in your area, if people are going direct to satellite or whatever, you lose revenue. I don't know if that's what's happening. but
1: Well, you um, know, if if you look at this company's revenues, and you do think, I mean, who under the age of twenty-five has a phone number associated with a wired phone, with a kitchen phone yeah. screwed onto the wall? Who? Nobody. Yeah. So I, I do have. Uh, so man, do I. Exactly. <laughs> That's why I said under yeah. thirty. Uh, oh, we might have just given away a Uh-oh, secret. Secret. A huge clue yeah. to the value guys. Yeah. But um, you know, it's it's a uh, it's two thirds of their operating income comes from the plain old phone business, outside of their IT services and their wireless and their data center (laughs) and stuff like that. So you just think, that's two thirds of a company's income that if it's just plain old phone service, is probably not gonna exist in our lifetime.
0: Yeah, it's a dying asset, sure. So
1: that, I would wanna take a look at that and make sure that uh, they weren't, because if I look at the sales, Here's the way a very sophisticated sales forecast would go. One three, and so we're gonna go two thousand seven through two thousand thirteen. I'm just gonna look at the sales. Yeah. One three, one four, one three, one four, one three, one four, one three. <clears throat> and what's next year gonna be? One four. So what that means is that goes up a little bit, goes down a little bit, and up and down, and up and down. But since two thousand seven there's been no MO.
0: Well, in fact the estimate the here sale. is for a big down year. Yeah.
1: So Uh, you can't make a a case that this thing's going up. You can't make a case that it's going down. It just seems like it's a little bit in limbo. And it may simply be, in this case, that as the telephone business atrophies, shrivels, and shrinks, the wireless business steps in to fill that shortfall, but at the end of the day, revenues are flat. Um, And that could be going on for a long time. Well, it could be.
0: Um, When I look at this cash-on-cash return, EBITDA over enterprise value as a yield. Bear in mind, you don't actually get that. So you own the stock. <clears throat> we know you don't actually get that. It serves as, in effect, a discipline to the marketplace in that somebody could do that. So you can't make it too high or private equity will come in. And one thing we know about the United States economy right now, I know you know, there's one set of numbers that people think aren't that good. GDP growth Okay. A lot of that over the last 18 months or two years is just the fact that the contribution from the government has been negative, And that, you've got to assume, is going to ultimately turn around. The private sector economy has actually been running pretty good. Employment growth, which we've been talking about on the Value Guys for several years, uh, has been going just straight up for years. It's starting to level off a little bit. But the economy, I think, is generally pretty good. And so there's a lot of cash. Corporate balance sheets have more cash than I think they've had in relative to total assets since 1950-something. And private equity has more cash than they've ever had. And so that keeps that high yield opportunity keeps the discipline. My thought on this one, Mo, because they don't actually pay a dividend, which is a little surprising. Weird. It is a little weird. From the yeah. old bell system, they uh-huh. all had high dividend payouts. Yep. But this one has no dividend. Um, they have something very profitable because they're doing these thirty percent EBITDA margins, and I think that's very attractive to somebody. Right. Uh, but maybe this thing needs to glue on to something bigger, and I think the reason you buy this is ultimately for a takeout. I,
1: I, uh, I totally, I <coughs> totally agree. When you take a look at the the two seventy eight, we did a, a rough breakup value, and we thought we could get you know four and change. I think you came up with four dollars and thirty cents and it's a 50% pop, and maybe, maybe we're being conservative, yeah, at some point these companies start getting attractive for their pure speculative appeal. So I would want to take a look, see what's going on there, but that might, that might be a fun one to own. If nothing else, it would keep you pretty tuned into what's happening in the digital world, for the better or for the worse for these guys.
0: Well, I think so. Here's another little thought on this. These guys have a lot of debt. So, for example... The EBITDA margin thirty-five percent. Okay, that's pretty good. I like that. EBIT margin twenty percent. So what's in there? Non cash depreciation and amortization, so I don't mind that. But then net margin one percent. So we go from an EBIT margin of nineteen eight or twenty, let's say, to one. Ouch. So what's going on there? Well, Tax rate is not unusual for them it 's interest these guys, their debt to capital is one hundred and thirty five percent So why is this so cheap it 's trading somewhat as a stub. I mean the enterprise value on this, meaning what we 'd have to pay to own all the cash flows, which would include us buying the debt, is two point nine billion but the market value, the equity value six hundred million. That is leverage right there that ratio two point nine over that's the leverage ratio, and so uh, what will happen is if you get a buyer here, let's say they can take the EBIT margin from 20 to 25. That's not a heroic estimate because these guys are small and someone else is big, that's all. I don't want to get too complicated, but let's say they can just add a little bit of the EBIT margin from 20 to 25. Let's call it a 20% improvement. Mm -hmm. What happens to the net margin? So when your EBIT margin goes up 5%, you've got to tax effect that. Your net margin's going up 3 It's going to go from 1% to 4 That's a quadruple. So when you ask people, why do you have so much debt? Doesn't that hurt you? Well, it can, but in a situation where you're improving your margin a little bit, that's where the power of leverage comes in. That's why you have leverage. Your net margin could quadruple with just a little bit of pickup in the EBIT margin, and that's what a buyer would be looking at, and that's why they might pay up a little bit for this because they're going to be looking at the multiple on their EBIT, not on this guy's EBIT. Right. So now,
1: now just to, just to throw in a, a cautionary note, one of the things that before I pull the trigger on this, I would want to know, I'd want to know a little bit about it, is that you're right. The company has a huge amount of debt. And one of the things you have to be careful of when you're in the telecommunications, data, co-location, wireless business is the obsolescence of your assets.
0: Absolutely, Mo.
1: And so if you believe you've got a company that's saddled with a lot of debt and it's got a potentially deteriorating Mm -hmm. asset base, what I would look at is, look at these guys' book value. Holy negative book value. I mean, it's been about minus three or four bucks a share in book value since 2007. So maybe what people are saying is, you know, yeah, here's what's on the asset side, and it's kind of shrinking with time, obsolescence, and here's what's happening on the debt side. It's not changing. And so your book value has a tendency or potential to go down. A takeover guy's going to want to make sure that he's not buying junk.
0: Well, I would imagine that that negative book is related to the write-down of exactly what you're talking about.
1: But if that that goes on for a long time, one of the things you want in a perfect perfect LBO situation is you want what you said, the ability to improve margins and improve cash flows so you can pay down the debt that you took on to take over the company. But the other thing you're looking for is you're looking for some safety net. How low can it go... How badly can I get in trouble? And that safety net is usually the book value of the, of the stock. So when it's negative, there's no safety yeah. net. So you've got to be a little more cautious than the normal
0: two-brainer where you've got the one-two punch. I agree with that, Mo. This could be very dangerous. You've got to look at that. The other way to look at this in some fashion is some of these Bell companies, and I don't know Cincinnati Bell particularly, uh, but some of them used to have uh, franchises of regions and one of the things they got very good at was billing. So, I mean, it's silly, but they had all these customer names, all these people were used to paying $100 a month. Cincinnati Bell probably can do bills in, in terms of, you know, fractions of minutes, which is a, a skill. Uh, You know, cable companies can bill you monthly. Telephone companies can bill you by the 20-second period. That's a very important skill, and it translates into revenue to be able to do that. So they also tend to have a customer base that's pretty loyal. So they have no choice in most cases. So one thing to look at is companies like this, they actually have a value in the sense of per customer, in the sense that Cincinnati Bell, the brand... Their logo, all that stuff, is really close to however many people they have. I mean, their sales are a billion two, and the average uh, year of customer uh, bills is probably uh, let's say a thousand dollars. So um, that can almost back into the customer count. Uh, that's a million two customers. They yeah. pay a thousand a year. These guys have a billion two in sales. I'm just guessing at that, but those uh, million two customers. Loyal, they have nowhere to go, and they're going to have a value based on how much they're willing to pay for telecommunication services. And even if Cincinnati Bell isn't delivering them today, which again, their plant could be you know obsolete, they have in effect the option to deliver them with a big upgrade. So, one of the attractions here for a buyer, to your point, Mo, it might not be the infrastructure at all. You know, in might emerging be. economies, they just put up a bunch of cell towers and they're in business, they don't even bother to put wire in the ground. And so someone could buy Cincinnati Bell in effect for that franchise, and they might use some Cincinnati Bell assets, and they might not. But there's, there's some value just to the I, customer. I,
1: I totally agree, and I'll add one last point. The value of a customer is based on the net present value of his cash flows. Whatever Absolutely. that customer generates, you discount it back. That's, what you're, that's how you value a big customer base. Where What drives those net present values? Local economy. Yeah. So when you have a local economy that goes under, the net present values, the earning power of that population goes down. Its value, as a, you, I own portion of this yeah. population, I'm a, I'm a utility, goes down. So the other thing I would want to take a look at is that that million and a half people you talked about, well, they're in the greater Cincinnati and Dayton areas. Yeah. If growth those, towns, gro- growth towns. If they are growth towns, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, no, no offense to the people in Dayton, but I don't know that I've been know. in Dayton. But at any rate, if Let's those, there's some weekend. How we, far we is could, could go it? A, <laughs> for? Well, it, oh, to see a, to see a three dollar stock, I might, I might do it. I might do a road trip. That might be interesting. But at any rate, I would want to make sure that the local economy is doing well too, because if those two, if that population base suffers then the value of the franchise suffers, too. So there's a little bit of... And, and that can be really good. These guys are heavily concentrated in one area. So they're either going to do statistically better than the national averages or worse. Yeah.
0: Okay. Inter- interesting idea. Yeah. Good discussion, Mo. Welcome back to that. That was fun. What's better, that or mountain climbing? Oh, this. Hands absolutely, down. Absolutely, absolutely. Warmer. It's not as scary on a puncher. All right. Next up, Metafast, Inc. Sounds like a diet drink. Ticker MED. Well, I think it is a, a dietary. Again, this came it off a screen, a an LBO screen, a proprietary screen that was handed to me in a bag by some guys in suits who I've seen on an investment banking floor. I don't actually know if they're actually from there. Uh, and then we, of course, did our own work. We pulled up some summary data on this, but presumably these are candidates for someone to have some interest in, and I'm not allowed to tell anyone that. Well, well, here we are. Freedom of the press, right, Mo? Okay, and by the way, entertainment purposes only. Everything I'm saying may not be true, and I want all the regulators in the NSA to understand that. This is just for fun, right, Mo? Just kidding. I mean, Most <laughs> not even your real name, is yeah. it? Yeah, well, okay. no, it is my real name. Uh, okay. MetaFast. <laughs> MetaFast. All right, this came on the screen. It's an LBO candidate. Why? It's because
1: si- Because how can any company not do well when with that name? With, no, with when, when they're basically catering to a the population that gains twelve pounds every single yeah. year and will presumably forever. Uh, Weight management. I mean how which, many people are overweight in the country? Uh, besides I mean, us. I think two thirds of the people. There you go. Sixty percent.
0: I mean, how many overweight people in the world are here? This is a magnet for You a have a people.
1: you have a no pun intended, a growing target market.
0: Or just, let's say, even internationally, if you want to become overweight, you're going to move here. We have the best environment for that. And then once you
1: are overweight, you're going to want MetaFast to get less to lose uh, you. So
0: so they're playing to a big trend,
1: long-term trend, and, uh, boy,
0: look at that stock price. Smoking I don't want to look at the stock price valve so much. I want to look at the valuation. Okay. Tell me. Six, okay. Why would a banker, allegedly for entertainment purposes only, hand me a bag with this name in it? The, the banker with I the black wavy he hair? I don't know. He probably thought it was a, a lunch. No. Uh, <laughs> no, not, I don't never <laughs> heard that of that guy. guy. Uh, this is 6.7 times EBITDA. Okay. What does that mean? Uh, reverse, forward, back, or whatever, to hear my explanation. But 1 over 6.7 is fourteen point nine percent. I'm going to say that's a cash on cash return. The bank isn't paying that, neither are treasuries. Uh, this is a great opportunity for some, you know, billionaire to just buy this and earn fourteen point nine percent. So that notion is the discipline to the star uh, being undervalued, in my opinion, that a lower yield is more appropriate. The balance sheet's very clean, so on a risk basis, it, it, it's uh, got a great yield. Mo- you know, talking about the target market here, it is a growing market. You don't have a risk there. The only risk you have is can they, uh, in effect, convert their brand and their product into a growing market share versus a losing market share? And that's the assessment. But when I look at their sales here, let's play guess the sales game, Mo. I'll play it with you this time. Okay. Okay, here we go. Do not look at that paper. Whatever you do, turn right. that no, over. i right. okay. play it. Here we go. This is 2007. Mm-hmm. Eighty-four million. Two thousand eight. A hundred and five million. Two thousand nine. A hundred and sixty-six million. Two thousand ten. Two hundred and fifty-eight million. Two thousand eleven. Two hundred ninety-eight point two million. Two thousand twelve three hundred and fifty six point seven million what's your estimate for two thousand thirteen Mo and do you notice any trends I'm just those are the questions bum, 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 bum. you have thirty seconds
1: four hundred and six million
0: holy cow let me calculate a growth rate on that. Three hundred and because Mo, when Mo says it, it happens. Three hundred and fifty-six to four hundred and six. Did yes. you see? Yep. That is fourteen percent. Oh my God. That's amazing. So, give me another number. Any, if if
1: if my sales number uh, is well, okay. Just a second, try. I just want to see something. If yeah. my sales number is one hundred and ninety-five. Uh, um, sorry, 395.
0: 395? Mm-hmm. Are you going to do a little haircut? I'm just just curious about something. The growth rate? Yeah. At 395? Mm-hmm. That's uh, 11%,
1: Mo. All right. Here's what I do with the numbers. Wow.
0: You're the master. Go ahead.
1: In the first year that we talked about, yeah, the company added $20 million in revenues. Mm-hmm. In the second year, it added seventy million incrementally in revenues, and mm-hmm. the third year incrementally it added a hundred million in revenues. This accelerating. is accelerating. Mm-hmm. Well, this is a sign of a company that's really, really growing, mathematically exponentially,
0: probably by adding people, and each one is productive, and they're just going a Fair bit. enough.
1: <clears throat> what happened after that huge ramp up was increase of forty million in sales. Yeah. Increase in fifty million in sales. So let's say that 100 was the big push and it's going to go plus 40 million and next year it's going to be plus 30 or 35 million. You still have 11% growth, even though the actual dollar numbers that this company is bringing on every single year has been, de- has been slowly slowing down. Well, that's a good point. Though.
0: Some growth is arithmetic rather than, uh, you know, uh, percentage. Percentage growth. But the point yeah. is, if it
1: goes up by incrementally 50 million, you're up 14% in sales. If it only goes up by about 40 million or less, you're still up 11% in sales. Yeah. So it, it, as long as it's decelerating at a fairly constant level, you're still going to have good sales growth next year.
0: Well, I was also looking at that particular year to see if they maybe acquired something in that year. I mean, look, there's a big jump in assets that year. The Not share the count doesn't go up. was the same, up. yeah. The share count was the so same. So I was debt. looking to see if the debt went up, and that no, might no, be a clue, and that didn't. How about cash going down? So cash went up. So... So how could they have bought something? Uh, mm. And assets? Yeah. Nothing. No, 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 You know, it almost seems like they just maybe hired some new people and moved and took over a new region, increased the mailing if they're a mail order, increased their advertising if they're a TV seller. You know, there's things they could have done and sometimes, to crank it and, up. And sometimes,
1: interestingly enough, while as a value guy you look internally at the company, I also know you're aware that sometimes something totally unrelated to this company can happen. Whether it's the death of a competitor, yeah, true. Where all of a sudden that gets reflected in the stock over a 12-month period, but the company hasn't yet fully capitalized
0: on the absence of a competitor. The market takes it up on the death of a competitor, but the company hasn't yet fully taken advantage of it. Right,
1: and that. so so you can you can sort of look at that <coughs> and say, hmm, that's that's a possibility. Um, but it can be something that is totally outside of the the, the company piece of legislation, the adoption by a state that this is going to become the official lunch of all overweight school children <laughs> in Nebraska. I don't know, you know, that's,
0: that's a good idea. But, it,
1: but but you sometimes can look outside too to say, hmm, what is that? Because it's a little, it's a little mysterious when you look at it. I, I kind of say, well, what is uh what's driving this? The company, the, the stock doubled last year. It doubled last year. So well, off
0: a low, it's up a little bit. But, that you know, the peak on this one is still back in 2009, where it hit... 2010, I think. Yeah, it right, seem. yeah, right in the... Yeah, you're right, exactly. Right in that 40 it, bucks? Yeah, got to about 40. It's 26 now, and yet, you know, sales are up, EBIT's up, EBITDA's up. Now, their margin moves around a little bit, and I, I think part of their story, and I don't know this, so, you know, we make stuff up here, it's for entertainment purposes only, but I'm going to guess... That their marketing plan is a combination of you know, spot buying on cable television to just get the best rate, and they've got some guy figuring out customer acquisition costs, or predicting that, trying to, and they're doing that, or mailings to people that, again, they're making guesses as to the drop date, the copy, the price point. Because if you look, their uh, EBITDA margins, they kind of bounce around, and it's unrelated to volumes. So, yeah, they do bounce you know, around It's like a discount retailer. You can make sales whatever you want, in effect. I mean, you can't make stuff free. That's zero sales. But within a band, if you run a big sale or if you pop a bunch of advertising, you can jump sales. But then it might hurt your margin because you've spent a lot to acquire customers. So there's, they're probably doing something I'm gonna guess with the direct marketing here the advertising and I'm gonna guess it's cable just because they're gonna wanna really target that group of people that you know is most likely to buy and typically that's uh, you know the big money for that is on cable or infomercials infomercials, things like that. So I would take a look at that and just try to understand that but they're putting up uh, really nice returns on assets I like that a lot. Now to your point earlier Mo, the peak is a few years ago that was in conjunction with their big incremental sales gains but they're still, they're running 16 percent estimated this year Uh, Up from last year, and it's still within the range of what they tend to do over the last five years anyway, there's no debt. Um, Sales per employee here is pretty stable. They had this one pop year in 2010, which, you know, again, there's a question. What happened in that year? Incremental sales were up a lot. There's no increase in debt. There's no increase in shares. Sales per employee popped. Something happened. I mean, maybe they sold something and they got listed as, you know, like in their international uh, division or whatever. But something happened in 2010. But the returns are strong. Uh, Gross margins here are 75%. Think about that. That's the markup on the actual cost of the stuff they're selling, the food and all that. And so there's a lot of expense here in advertising and marketing to push this stuff. And you want to understand where their market share is. Is Is it Growing, I mean, it appears to be from their sales line. But if they have growing market share, growing sales, they certainly sell convenience. You wait by your mailbox and your food shows up every day. I mean, that's couldn't get more convenient than that. And it's seven times EBITDA. So that's why I'm a fan of this, Mo. The only thing I check is, how's the brand? What do people think about it? Does it have, uh, you know, is it in the ascension? Does it have authority in the space? Like when people say... Metafast—is it a joke, or is it these guys understand diet? They understand, you know, what you your body needs, et cetera.
1: And uh, you know, driving some of this growth is a whole nother industry. You know, I think uh, was yesterday that uh, Wendy's announced that they're going to start selling what they call the Dave's Hardy, what other people are calling the Tower of Fat. This is a stunning (laughs) 1,700 calorie sandwich that by the time you marry it with a shake and their fries, you're at about 2,500 calories for one meal. and uh, That's more in, than
0: a family of four in India eats every day. Right. And That's uh, in,
1: in, in response, McDonald's announced yesterday, I don't know if you've seen the ads for this yet, that breakfast is now called steakfest because they've introduced a steak and eggs under bacon sauce breakfast that weighs in at another 1,800 <laughs> calories. And so... You know, when you've got mega trends like this that are so popular with the American public, you know that you have steakfast for breakfast, and you come home at night and you fast, <laughs> and you have metafast uh, for yeah. for your
0: dinner. You're up and you're. Na- well, they I've can both win. I've got one, Mo. And again, I don't know if people have seen this. Uh, I was in uh, Boston recently, of course, the home of Dunkin' Donuts. And you know what they have? They've got a donut for this is for breakfast. A donut wrapped in bacon. They've got a bacon. Donut sandwich, I kid you not. And, of course... uh, The chocolate glazed bacon donut. Unbelievable, unbelievable. And then, of course, McDonald's announced the other day that, uh, you know, they're going to hand out fruit in their kids' meals. Yeah. So that got a lot of publicity. Meantime, we've got bacon donut sandwiches. 2,000 calorie sandwiches from... The Tower of Fat. Unbelievable. So... I guess the point, Metafast has a long term future in this country. <laughs> um, it's a real interesting one, and I think uh, you know people should take a look at it. No, I don't know who owns this. The people listed here are uh, no one I know, but um, it's a good value. it's got some positive trends. Martin's are good, Debt's low, and uh, it's and then five people cover it, yeah so even yep. it, okay. Next, uh next up, inner wall, outer wall, outer wall, That's outer wall. the other wall. company I was thinking. And um, you know, this is a name change. These guys were actually in our office five years ago, and we we were smart enough not to buy it uh, you know, down at uh, 20, uh, where it it hit the low because we completely avoided the doubling that we would have had to endure had we paid up for it at that time so we certainly dodged that bullet but these guys were called Coinstar hats off to them um, they had devices that would sit on the outer wall so as you're walking up to your supermarket it's suburban, you know we don't have a lot of those around here exactly but there's, there's, they put an inner wall to your point, Mo in the city and uh you could dump all your pennies in there and they would, you know, give you like bills. So they started with that and then they they got onto this red box where they would rent you videos. And it's been tremendously successful. Again, let's play the sales growth game. I'm, looking at, that,
1: I'm looking at that same thing, uh, right? It's now. Uh,
0: well we don't have to play, but you know, they've had this incremental sales going up back to 07 400 200 300 400 Four hundred one hundred right so and a lot of that is how many you know boxes can they put on trucks and get out to places
1: now here's here's one thing that that I that I am looking at and it it's a little it's a little scary and a little I was troubling. just looking
0: I was looking at sales and I was saying
1: okay you know it's gone from ninety to to a million one to a million four to a million eight to two two that's huge growth and all of a sudden next year it's only going to be two three so we know by your numbers and by this eyeballing it, sales are starting to slow yeah, down a little bit. When yeah. I took a, when I take a ruler to the bottom troughs of, of these these stock, this stock since two thousand eight, just just run a ruler up it. Yeah, it has never broken this line, and it just did. It just well, what if you
0: draw this line though, Mo? Let's see. Did it ever break that line? Of course it did. So
1: there's your, so there's your there's your All base. Right. But I'm just saying it's um, broken through a critical it, support level. I guess level? so.
0: What have you? I mean, uh, it is down a little bit recently. It's gone from, you know, sixty two to forty eight. And I'm a value guy, but there is value. I deg- I want to. You know, can I take a moment? And this is in your honor, Mo. Actually. Yes. I'm a value guy, fundamental analyst, but I just wanna. I don't want to say this too loudly. I don't want it to get around. We were doing some work in the shop here, some quantitative work. Just, you know, we're math majors and things. We like stats. And what we found, I'm almost sorry to tell you, Mo, but there does seem to be a correlation with, you know, stocks going up in the most recent period and then continuing to go up. There is momentum. Momentum is a factor. That's true. And I'm just, and I'm, okay. Let's just pretend like, I never said... I did not say that, Mo. And here's what we also Don't quote know. me. Here's what we also know.
1: Yeah. I was out west recently. Mountain. Mountain climbing. And they have trains out there, which you don't really see out here, where we are. But they've got these where? trains. Some of them are like two miles long. Oh, freight trains. Yeah, they're like two yeah. miles long. When these things go by you, you're, you're, you might they as well... scare the buffalo out you there. As as well, uh, you might as well order out. Yeah, get out Because sandwich. you're going to be sitting there for a while. <laughs> so... Just like those trains, the longer and heavier those trains are, the longer they take to the stop. Yes, when a stock is going up, that the larger its market cap, it's like weight on a train. The harder it is for it to the longer it takes for it to slow down because it's got little stocks, well, they can stop like a sports car right on the right on the money, but a stock with some decent market capitalization. But it's going up it's like a trade. just keeps going and
0: going and going cuz it's heavier it's a well, heavier still Well I spot. think that's right you know but then what is that weight really if we translate it is it is it it's, just market capital well thing? it's i think it's more people you know human human if anyone tried to sell anything ever it's hard to get people to change their thinking So when you have a bigger cap stock, you got that many more people. That's true. Because, you know, just thinking a certain way. So to get all those people to change, and we've both witnessed this as sell-side guys out trying to sell an idea where someone has a notion that's, it's like, dude, that's from eight years ago. But they just, it's like, oh, I know, son, but, you know. So what? I still and so it's so so I agree with you. It's uh, it, but it's people with a belief and those things are hard hard to change, change. up. And so on that note, we're going the most. This thing has got a real big spike down from uh, what sixty two. I just said this forty eight. Right. And yep. so something is up with that. And when you look at you know we've got this little table here on estimate changes, which is handy. In the last one month. Uh, I think, they, guys, ran out, I think yeah. they
1: ran out the uh, red ink cartridge they've on, got, this,
0: <laughs> on this, got, this We're going to have to change the color on the <laughs> printer now. Absolutely. No, this uh, thing, they've got 12 analysts covering this, and now you got 12 guys with pens who can print stuff all mad. Why? Well, in the last month, everyone had to change their estimate uh, by 40%.
1: So let's just say that if those <laughs> analysts are not wimps... Something's up because out of the 12, the average rating is overweight.
0: Okay. So how well, do you lower
1: but, your estimates and recommend well, a stock at the same time? Well, it,
0: it could have been. Well, we don't know what the e- estimates were before. Right. Okay, so let's say people had this at a hold. Then you had estimates. Cut. They were cut. So it's like, hmm, the company bagged me, but I knew that. That's why my estimate was hold. Now- it's at a great price, right. so it could Maybe. be that that's what's happening. I mean, we don't know; we don't have that. But the point is, they got a lot of people who downgraded the stock or got unhappy, and that un- that explains this downdraft. The stock, and here's something to do, ladies and gentlemen. Again, tips from the value guys. The average estimate was down forty percent. Okay, how much is the stock down? All right. Well, I'm going to do the math. It went from sixty-two to. I'm just roughing it out here. Well, this says 51. So 17%. So estimates are down in the last month 40%. The stock is down 17%. So a couple things could come from that, and it's not that valuable. One, the stock has further to go, to go down in line with the... when you if the, To keep the PE the same or the multiple the same, the stock would go down the amount of the estimate. Now, on the other hand, if it's a short-term decline and the long-term value of the company is really unchanged, I mean, this year of earnings might represent, what, 8% of the present value of the future cash flows? Some I'm just making, but, you know, something like that. So maybe some one-time events happen. The stock's down 17%. The long-term is still good. The human emotion factor of people feeling bagged is what's brought it down, not the long-term potential value of the company. So it actually might be an interesting, uh, enter, you know, entry point.
1: Well, here let me just again play counterpoint for a second.
0: You ignorant slut. I'm sorry. Does anyone know what that means other than you and I? No, I know. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, Google Saturday Night Live. Ignorant slut. That's all I'm going to say. And you'll um, yeah, right. yeah, you'll you'll get the okay. insight on that.
1: No, listen. These guys have forty four thousand kiosks, right? Forty four thousand. You know, you go to the grocery yeah. store, you, you put in your credit card, they They're spit everywhere. out a movie, right? They are everywhere. Let me ask you a question. I don't know enough about about uh, the tech side of the business. You look at stuff like streaming.
0: Yeah, um, yeah How yeah.
1: vulnerable are these guys that all of a sudden in in, in six months, well, I'm just gonna say, well, why do I go to a kiosk? I now have got a. Access to a repository of you know millions of movies that I can down that I can stream from my computer. Does what happened to them the exact same thing that happened to Blockbuster before them? Because they're just Blockbuster in a vending box.
0: Outstanding question, and that explains our wisdom in not owning it. Uh, Thirty dollars. ago. day. <laughs> oh, <I know. laughs> here's here's what seems to win out, and it explains why there are Seven Elevens in the world, or you know, uh, is that you're at the grocery store anyway. Now, when you download a movie, I mean, it's getting a little faster, but particularly for women, and I don't mean to pick on anyone. Hey, honey. Oh, don't go there. Yeah. Don't but go there. for the people, let me just say this. Let me for just type say this. Of person.
1: This part out. Yeah, don't worry. We we'll
0: edit that right out. Let me note the minute mark here. We shouldn't give away my wife's name. 48 minutes, okay. Anyway, um, so for the type of people that shop in the grocery store, uh, that type of person... As opposed
1: to like farmers that make their own food? Who doesn't shop in a grocery store? But the
0: type of person, the type of gender that someone might have that's in the grocery store, that's not the same type of gender that wants to download something on iTunes or Amazon. Okay, I'm just going to say that. I can't believe all you right. just said that. So let's say you're at the grocery store and your kids want to watch a movie, and, let's, and, and
1: assuming you're a certain gender and you don't know how to operate a television, no, you, set. you go to the vending <laughs> machine, you put it in
0: your credit card. No, now, it comes. I, listen, you will know, you will need to know how to operate a DVD machine, and I think that's saying a lot. That's complicated. It just depends on well, how old your kids right. are. So what's happened is the convenience factor. I'm right here anyway. Oh. And they're going to have the top two hundred titles. So it's stuff that's accounting for eighty percent of demand. It's convenience, 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 and uh, and it's it's you know I agree with you. They're only going to get their certain share, and that's the point. Whatever share Seven Eleven has of groceries, whatever that number movie. is, that's what they're going to have on movies. Of course, Just you can't
1: download a tuna fish sandwich from the <laughs> internet yet. But you can get that in a grocery store. But you can store. make a
0: call and have someone bring you a tuna for sale. That is very so true. So I, you know, that's my prediction, is that the, the value of convenience Absolutely. is out there right now by doing the ratio of Seven Eleven Apple sales to, or Starbucks banana sales to grocery store, grocery store sales. Oh, that's Absolutely. interesting. So, uh, anyway, that's, and I forgot to talk about the valuation. We've gone way over on our time here, Oops. Mo. But look. This is 3.7 times EBITDA, so even if something is going wrong, it's clearly discounted in the price. That's over a 25% cash-on-cash return, and since that sounds too high to me, I'm almost willing to say something has gone wrong, and so what. It's so cheap that even if earnings fall in half, it's still 7.4 times EBITDA. That's still nearly a you know, 14% cash-on-cash cash return, which is very attractive in lieu of the other yields that are available to us out in the marketplace. There's 12 people covering this. They're all angry right now because the sales and the numbers are not uh, adding up. And there's a very smart value investor in this right now, Artisan Small Cap Value, uh, and they have a great, great long-term track record. So uh, I think it's an interesting uh, entry point for this one, Outer Wall. And so uh, those are our three names this week, Mo. We've still got one more section to do. Okay, well, we've got we've got this week. And this is going to replace probably our economic trends because... There's no economy. Yeah, there's no economy. We're, we're shut down. I can't even download that. It's a government site. But in any case, uh, we've got a, a new segment tonight in Stump. honor of uh, you know you uh, doing no. the show after months and months, is called, uh, we haven't named it. Do you have a name? Stump the Audience. Stump the Stump Audience. The experts. They're uh, the experts. We okay. simply pose a stock. There's a stock. It came through the screen. It was presented to us in a bag by m- guys who work on the investment banking floor in my building. I don't know who they are. They could be James. Ideas in a bag. That's what it was. And and this is called CSG Systems. Ticker symbol is CSGS. Yeah. It's a a software company. Let's just read what we know about it. It's engaged in the business of... It's engaged. Congratulations. Congratulations to to providing support Uh, (laughs) solutions. Uh, Primarily serving the communications industry. So... I don't know, software. It's a software as a service. The little buzzword on that these days is SaaS, software as a service, rather Mm -hmm. than a product. So you get your subscription fees, which include maintenance and upgrades and all that. It's like you always have the best version of this. And these solutions help service providers streamline and scale operations, introduce and adapt products and services to meet customer demands and And as if you need an and, I mean, isn't that enough? But they also address the challenges and opportunities brought about by change. I mean, who doesn't need that?
1: Absolutely. So
0: it got through the screen. It's six times EBITDA. Again, in my little math, that's, uh, you know, uh, 16% cash-on-cash return. It's been a little higher. It's been a little lower. It kind of, you know, it's been okay. The EBITDA margin is consistently in the 20s uh return on assets, you know, not great consistently in the middle single digits. Oops. <laughs> and uh good balance sheet though. Not a lot of well, debt to cap is 45%, that's not great, but it's been at least uh coming down a little bit the past couple of
1: years. So what you're telling me is it's hard to get overly enthusiastic about the company.
0: Well, let's let's get to the stump part. You you kind of The stump part you know, the is that part.
1: this is a company that uh, stock price was up 23% last year, and it's up 36% this year. And what struck me was when I simply was paging through this, you've got this big spike in the stock. I mean, huge spike, a double. Yeah. Since uh, 2011, it's going straight up. Yeah. And we couldn't find any any changes in sales. They've been flat for seven years. We couldn't see any changes in net income. It was 42 million in 2011, 48 million in 2012, 47,000 in 2013. That's not the kind of stuff that makes stocks double. Um, their their gross margins are fine, 46 percent, but they haven't changed.
0: EBITDA has going down.
1: EBITDA has gone down a little bit. Um, I, I and EBITDA, yeah, EBITDA has gone from 165 to 154. So one of the things that <coughs> That I was asking, sort of rhetorically, I guess, is what is going on that makes a stock double when there is no apparent changes to the internal fundamentals of
0: the. Company? I don't know. There's another weird thing here, Mo. Look, this last year sales are down, or the forecast for this year sales are down, EBITDA's down, EBIT is up. So I guess uh, something's going on with DA there. Net income is down a little bit. Share count, we think, is unchanged, yet EPS is 211 now. So the math doesn't even work on this thing uh, unless they just bought back a bunch of stock. And I suppose you could learn that somehow. I'm not sure how, but uh, I guess you could
1: well, Call you know, the company wh- one of the things we were saying one of the things we were saying before we started talking about the company is a lot of times something external can happen to a company and totally change its prospects and yet the market reacts, the stock reacts almost immediately to those change in prospects, but they don't show up on the company's income statement or balance sheet for one or two years. So what we may be seeing in the last two years is incredible stock price action is some kind of an external change. And it could be simply one of their big competitors, you know, pulled out of a market and it's now theirs to own. The stock's going to react immediately, but you're not going to see the impact on the income statement right away. Regulation will do the same thing, change in regulation that somehow benefits the company. And then lastly, you know, here's where it helps to be one of the insiders listening to the conference calls. These guys provide software and how many software products do they have in other words if they come up with a killer app or some must-have product can that totally change the fortunes of the company so they may have just uh, you know introduced their version of the iphone 5s everyone believes it's going to be a killer software product big demand for it and that's what's driving the stock so i think in a case like this you can't do what we do on the show which is look inside I think what you got to do now is you got to look outside the company at their competitors, the regulation, and is there any big demand that they're totally suited to to, uh, to address because that would that's the only thing I can imagine that would explain this kind of stock price action. Anyone out there thinks that they have a different explanation, email us and we'll go back to this stock on the next week's show and we'll read through what you think happened to him.
0: Yeah, catch me at uh, val at thevalueguys.com. Now, you have mo at thevalueguys.com, but you don't actually look there. um, Not as often. Yeah, not as often. So that actually comes into my personal email, so that'll get an answer. And uh, who knows what's going on here. There is an October... Oh, there's a there's a news release from yesterday that says they will be holding a third quarter earnings conference call. So you're going to you're going to want to catch that. Uh, I don't something's going on with this one, Mo. Yep. I don't know. Anyway, email us. Let us know what you think. So that's our show. Um, economic trends. Let me summarize. They're all pretty good uh, right now. And here's and here's uh, including government spending. Right. Great one.
1: Here's the and here is the uh, what I've heard anyway from sources. Here is uh, what is going on right now in both Congress and the House right this very right second. Right this
0: second. Wow, that's really an insight. That's what's you going learned. on. <laughs> and if you didn't and, notice and that, we had Z's going <laughs> above the microphone. And uh, we
1: we we got that from
0: sources deep deep.
1: Deep Undercover. Deep. In the
0: Im- uh, what were they called? Embedded. Yeah, embedded. So do we have a favorite this week? This is a shout-out to Phil. Phil, here's uh, we're going to do a favorite this week for you. Oh, and hold and, you to uh, it. And hold I don't you know, to it. I don't know if he... Bu- he sometimes buys some of these, but I don't know if he will on this week. I don't know how compelling. What do you think? Uh, well, I, I, I don't know. Uh, I've already forgotten one of the ones we did. Oh, here it is. Metafast. I mean, yep. I think... I think of all the names we talked about today, I mean, Cincinnati Bell, who knows? People may just have telepathy, and we won't need that.
1: Plus, if you're going to gamble a little bit, it should be a more exciting story. Yeah. Boring. Right.
0: Outer Wall. This stock uh, may have further to go down. We don't know what's going on. Mm -hmm. Uh, Women may learn how to download shows. Uh Uh-oh. I mean certain types of shoppers. And then... Uh... And there's no offense. I mean we have a lot of women listeners, but they themselves know that they would rather get something on Redbox than download it on iTunes. So I think I'm I'm just being honest here about that, hopefully. Write in on that. Tell me about that. Anyway, I'm gonna go with MetaFast this week, ah, the uh, food guide. Interesting. Yeah.
1: I, I I thought about that and I just thought I'm gonna if you're gonna jump into the deep water, you might as well jump in without knowing anything <laughs> about what you're doing. So I just close my eyes and I'm looking at CSG systems just because you know, you Those gotta go. You gotta go internet. with the flow, and um, you know this. And you know, it's interesting. These guys actually pay two and a half percent dividend, so you might have a more of a safety net than
0: than I thought. Even so, if nothing happens, you're at least getting a check. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, that's our show this week. Uh, thanks for listening, and everybody. And um, what can I tell you? We've got a lot of information, caveats, ticker symbols, pictures our moms took. I think there might be a sandwich available at www. TheValueGuys.com. So long, everybody.
1: Your senators and congressmen may not be working for you, but we're here. Manning the country.
0: How do you turn this off, Mo?
1: And have a good weekend.